Ragged Foils presents The Art of Ambition by Mark L. Burrow. Chapter 6 The Stand-Up Bartender, bring me your club soda. I never usually drink club soda, but from the little I know about comedy clubs, it's the comedian's drink of choice. That's what I am now. Well, at least for tonight. A stand-up comic. You see, I've got stories to tell. Some of them an audience may find funny. Others perhaps not. Let's see, shall we? I've got years of material. From where, you might ask? Well, here's a taster. My family history, my previous careers and work, my ambition in life. Okay, I'll run some by you, but first, I need a real drink. Bartender, give me a beer. Hey, whilst you're pouring that, listen to what I've got so far, see what you think? Okay, so. The first act is already on stage, and still there's a line outside. As a performer, I was allowed to jump it, of course. Lines are never a good thing, are they? It always means you're going to be waiting. Nothing else to do in a line but wait, is there? Eventually you get to the front, and there's a waiting list. You have to sign up, give your name, then wait. I suppose it's better than the waiting room. A whole room dedicated to waiting? I mean, the clue's written on the sign, waiting room. There's absolutely no chance of not waiting, is there? There's no usher to greet you and say, hey, what are you doing in here? You're in the wrong room. Here, follow me, no waiting for you. Waiting, I no one likes to wait, do they? Whether it's waiting for a medical appointment, you know, browsing through those ancient magazines, to performers like me waiting in the so-called green room, like this one. I mean, why is it called a green room anyway? You know, I was once lucky enough to land a part in a film, and all the actors were directed to an area by a runner who called it a green room. Had a fancy sign on the door and everything. But you know what? Inside, all it was was another waiting room, just with a more showbiz title. I ain't never seen one that was actually green either. This one here definitely isn't. It happens to double as the bar. So, what do you think of my material? No? No good. Thanks for the beer. Did you hear the story about the so-called phantom parking lot attendant? That's a good story to tell, right? Yeah, I'm gonna use that. You see, I'm on stage right after this act. It's my first performance in a place like this. I tried out some material in a couple of bars, but getting a gig in this famous comedy cave, well, this is certainly an achievement for me. Not that my ambition was ever to be a stand-up comic. To be honest, I never really knew what I wanted to do or be. I considered being a savvy businessman, like my great-grandfather, running a speakeasy disguised as a florist in the Prohibition era. Then I had the great idea to be a Hollywood actor. <laughs> yeah, right. 
That was never gonna work out. All in all, I just wanted to make something from nothing. I suppose this is what I'm doing tonight. Essentially, I'm creating something from the nothing of stories I've either written myself or heard in diners or bars. But that's a start, right? You know, I imagine Prohibition must have been quite an era to live through. What do you think? Imagine this place. The Comedy Cave in Prohibition. The box office could be a decoy business. Something like a florist. Imagine explaining the line to the authorities. Oh yeah, officer, this is a really popular florist. The line is always like this. Look. Look how they're even putting their names down. A waiting list for next season's stock of flowers. Convincing, huh? Meanwhile, a signal is sent to the back where the bar area is. The officers have left. All is quiet. Let the party begin! <laughs> Did you know by the end of Prohibition there were famously more speakeasies than there were ever bars? Interesting, huh? Imagine a foul language prohibition. A total ban on foul language. Everyone walking around shouting, Drat! I'm thinking before they spoke out loud. It would never work in a city like New York. Just picture the end of foul language prohibition. A whole society of uncouth, abusive, foul-mouthed drunks who can't wait to hurl abuse at each other. Perhaps not too dissimilar to the audience of a comedy club like this, huh? <laughs> uh, any good? Surely there's some material there, no? I'll probably leave the bit out where I criticize the audience. Not a good idea to put down the very people I'm here to entertain. Especially when there's a special someone in the audience tonight. You see... I've got a girl in the audience. It's Janice. A little extra pressure on me. We haven't been dating that long. She's recently relocated here to New York from Los Angeles. She's a casting agent. We met during my short attempt to become a Hollywood actor. I was auditioning for a small part and she was part of the casting panel. Love at first sight? Maybe. I'm going to impress her later by showing her the Park Avenue penthouse apartment. It's got a great view of Central Park, and even has a doorman. Now, of course it's not mine. <laughs> I think you've learned from me by now is I'm a New Yorker who knows how to get things. Who doesn't dream of a Park Avenue penthouse? I made a lot of friends and contacts in this city. One such friend owns this penthouse and asked me to apartment sit while he's away on vacation. Lucky me, huh? That's me for the next two weeks, living the Park Avenue lifestyle. Oh, my beer's nearly done. Bartender, do you think I have time for one more beer before I take to the stage? Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for our next act, huh? He's from right here in New York. He's a man with stories to tell. Welcome to the stage, Mr. Austin I. Mumbo! And that was my first and only performance at the famous Comedy Cave. Mr. Austin I. Mumbo.
That was my stage name, of course. You see, I prefer to be anonymous. The same when I visit bars and get talking to strangers. We have a drink, share stories. But how often do we remember names? Anonymity is the key to my success. Yeah, it was a great experience. I even got to meet some real stars who turned up on the night to surprise the audience. Apparently, big comedians do that all the time to test out new material. For many smaller comedians starting out, it will have been their life's ambition to perform alongside the likes of those guys for one night. For me, it was simply an outlet to tell stories. In a city like New York, we all are individual, often anonymous. All with stories to tell. What next? I'll leave that to you. It's time for us to go. Time for me to blend back into the New York background. The only difference today is I'm going to leave with a girl on my arm. So watch me throw my jacket over my shoulders and exit the stage. Janice, hold the door, will you? The stage is no longer mine. It's all yours. Use it as you wish. Come on, Janice. Let's get out of here. See what New York has to offer us. Lights out. You've been listening to The Art of Ambition, written by Mark L. Burrow and produced by Natalie Winter for Ragged Foils Productions. It starred Joshua Manning and was directed and edited by Thomas Mitchells. Additional voices provided by Thomas Mitchells. The theme tune was composed by Barry Bignold. Additional SFX and music sourced from BBC Sound Archives in Competech.com and freesound.org. Please see the show notes for individual attributions. If you enjoyed this production, please consider leaving us a review or telling your friends, as it helps other people find us. You might also like the Ragged Scratch podcast, the audio drama new writing podcast by Ragged Foils that The Art of Adornment originally aired in. You can find us online at raggedfoils.co.uk or at raggedfoils across Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Thank you for listening.